You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And uh, see what's cooking. What's up, everybody? It's the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered <clears throat> pardon me, by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, if it wasn't hard enough to juggle two locks, albeit different spellings on this roster, now the Broncos have two Patricks. Tell everybody about the rush linebacker the team uh, poached off a practice squad today. Yeah, well, if you know, for Aaron Patrick, if you couldn't beat him, he might as well join him, and that would be the Broncos. You know, days after uh, Denver kind of took it to Jacksonville, the Broncos poached Aaron Patrick, a first-year outside linebacker, off their practice squad, onto the active roster. Not much about this guy. I did a little digging, Chad. He was a former high school kicker and wide receiver. He's now like 6'4", 6'5", hovering in the 250-pound range. He's an edge rusher. Um, he had 27 and a half sacks, the second most in school history at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, again, he was an undrafted free agent, ended last year on the Jaguars practice squad. He is the definition right now of what you call depth and having a warm, able body at that spot. Obviously, Bradley Chubb is now out six to eight weeks. And as you can see right there, they're down to Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper, and Andre Minst at OLB. Uh, and they also signed PETA. I'm not going to attempt to butcher his last name to the practice squad. So, you know, it might not be the flashiest depth, the flashiest players, but they, they do have warm bodies now at the position. And I think the sum of their parts can equal one Bradley Chubb, hopefully. Well, he's got some length. I like that. And he's got some, uh, you know, he's thick. He's 260 pounds, Pause. which is about what Chubb is, if I'm not mistaken, as far as his his weight. But 6'5", that's good. That's good. I mean... Hey, it's uh, better to have and not need than need and right. not have. And that's basically the approach all the, the Broncos are taking. Although, Zach, it is somewhat ironic to me that the player the Broncos coveted more than their four years removed from being a third-round pick, Royce Freeman, was so quickly dispatched at the first you know, uh, moment of tribulation. Yeah, it's the way it goes. I mean, there's different positions, different circumstances, but we have to be happy that uh, Vic Fangio is known to get the most out of his outside linebackers. And I like this pickup from a depth standpoint. From a running back standpoint, you have Demarie Crockett as the number three. He's impressed the Broncos coaching staff. Obviously, Javante is locked in at number two, and then you have Melvin Gordon number three. It, it is a little weird with the Royce, Royce Freeman comparison there, but they needed to make a corresponding move, and McCrary just drew the short straw in that situation. I wonder how old Royce has been holding up in his new football environs. In fact, mm-hmm. now that I say it, I'm just going to do a quick search and see if he's gotten any touches real quick. I, this is going to eat at me now, so let's see. Uh, he has... Three offensive snaps as a Carolina Panther and uh, zero uh, touches. So, FYI. That's tough, though. I mean, stuck behind CMC. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, guys, tonight, um, you know, we're going to see what's on your mind. It is the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests, and each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution, the answers to your those burning Broncos questions. Provide that absolution right there. And those faces will be there in living color, in the flesh, Sunday and power filled at Mile High. Days it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't we wait. are, this is the last podcast until we see many of our great community members and audience in person on Sunday. And we are counting down the minutes. Zach and I are going to be uh, really looking forward to meeting you guys. Can't um, before we dive into a few things, we got to real quickly say thank you to the presenting sponsor. Of tonight's live stream podcast, and that is BetQL. Guys, have you caught the fever of what has become just a new wave? You know, 15 years ago, it was fantasy football. Now it is online sports betting and gambling. If you want to give yourself the best chance possible to beat your bookie and win your bets and thus stave off losing money, make as much money as you can when you do make a wager, you need BetQL. Download the BetQL app. It's the only app you're going to need to make the smart bets. 
Google Play, uh, the App Store, you can find it there. The way it works, and this is the thing I love about it the most, is BetQL has an algorithm called Best Bets. And what it does, it's a computer model that scans over 350,000 unique bets per year. You don't need Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. You've got Best Bet. Um, gives you the best recommendation for every game across all major sports. So you're never wondering, is this the right strategy? And if you do go with it, you understand the strategy. You're not just blindly wagering into the abyss. All right. And so make sure if you go to the App Store or Google Play, BetQL, and Zach, it covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and even player prop bets. Yeah, it's a really, really cool service that provides the sharp data so you can see who the pros are backing as well as line movement so you can jump on betting opportunities in real time. BetQL offers team summaries which highlight previous success against the spread and the over-under as well as breaking news when your lineups change and injury statuses are updated around any sports platform. Plus, with BetQL, you can save all of your picks in one place to track your success and winning streaks and view your rank on BetQL's leaderboard. That's right, guys. So give yourself that betting edge on game day. Head to the App Store and Google Play right now. Download BetQL. And then also, if you're on a browser, you can uh, navigate to try.betql.co slash MHH. I know it's a little convoluted if you want to get started now. Or the easiest thing, the best thing to do, download the app. And at checkout, just make sure you use the code MHH and you will still get that 25% off any and all BetQL subscription offerings. Yeah, last thing, Broncos country, be sure to check out BetQL's BetMGM offer in the description of this video in order to receive a free year of BetQL and download the BetQL app. Use the code MHH at checkout for 25% off and arm yourself with all the weapons you need to beat your bookie on game day. Guys, uh, tonight we do also bring good tidings because we are uh, rapidly approaching the goal of 250,000 stars on Facebook. We are almost at 75%. Last night we were at 70%, and that was 66% of the way through the month. Here's where we stand now. We're at 74% complete. When we reach the goal, and I maintain that optimistic mindset, when, not if, we will raffle off a Justin Simmons jersey, and the only members of this community that are in the running are those who contributed to the stars' goal, and fortunately, Facebook is very helpful in helping us to keep track of that with a bona fide leaderboard. So here is who is going to have the most tickets in that hat when the time comes. Michael Ronquillo down there in Tucson, Arizona at number one. Samisi Muti at two. Zeus McPeak at three. Randy Jones at four. We're really bummed we're not going to be able to see Randy on Sunday. But he does live up in Alaska, and we understand that's, that's, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, Joshua Shadow at five, Travis Weber at six, Gary Leeds Palmer at seven, Claude Riley at eight, Chris Hernandez at nine, Shane Daniels at 10. And then you can see just a few of the names here just outside the top 10. But all these folks, you're going to have plenty of tickets in the hat from what I can see here. So that's Facebook, guys. And as you know, we are also doing it for YouTube, for our Super Chat superstars. We do have a uh, graphic that will get queued up right here. And today, let me let me go ahead and get rid of this banner real quick so you can get a full shot. Uh, what the way it's going to work on Super Chat is it's it's not re working toward a goal. It's at the end of this month, we'll take the top five finishers cumulatively on Super Chat. Those five names go in the hat, drop ticket, boom, they get a Justin Simmons jersey as well. But what's really cool, as you can see here, is you can see your top five, right? Michaela at one, Chris at two, Mark Langley at three, Zeus at four. Seth Harmon at five, the queen at six, right? And you can just kind of see who's outside the top. But at the very top of this graphic, very, very cool, you can see the risers. All right, you can see, for example, that Naj Altaf has leapfrogged. He's moving up the boards. He's at number seven right now. Uh, I mean, look at Isaiah 1127, who's come on strong lately. He's moved four spots. I mean, look at Vincent Pawlowski, uh, freaking leapfrogging 69 spots to 28. Nice. And Tony D.A. Dub jumping 44 spots. So props to you guys. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to at the end of this month, we'll do it live on camera. We'll raffle those five names, whoever finishes top five. All right, Zach, uh, let's see what's on everybody's mind. Real quick, shout out here to Stu Meat, who's kind of updated his handle here. I bomb. Atomically. 
atomically uh cool dude super sticker i wish i could see what the sticker was but either way thank you for the super chat bro you to man um greetings to michaela we got jay we've got dylan moderating the chat on youtube it's good to see everybody kathy what's going on kathy great to have you here um okay john wants to know where are y'all gonna be on sunday or how are we supposed to find you so guys first of all uh don't get too caught up wondering where are we going to be in a sea or a throng of orange and blue it's not going to be hard to find us. Look for the big blue tent with the MHH, <clears throat> pardon me, logo, state of being. You'll see it. But to be as specific as possible, I'll tell you right now, here's a graphic on screen that you can see. Uh, September 26th, big old MHH tent in the southwest parking lot tailgate and power field at Mile High. And it, uh, I'm looking at now lot D. All right, lot D for the, that's where we're going to be, lot D. So remember that. I'll update the graphics so it says Lot D. But we look forward to seeing you guys. It's going to be fun. The big old tent in Lot D. Um, okay. I'm just seeing some funny stuff here. Uh, all right. So, Zach, I thought it was interesting. Real quick. Robert Salah. Is it Salah or Salah? I say Salah. I, I don't yeah. know if I'm right. Either way. He did his, uh, unlike Urban Meyer, he, you know, stepped up to the plate, handled his duty as head coach of the opposing New York Jets this week and held court with Denver media. And he talked about how when he was on Vic Fangio's staff back in Houston, so when Vic was the defensive coordinator there, he was hired as a young defensive coach. And he went to dinner with Vic. When, uh, I'm sure there were other people there. But he was actually in his own head was Robert Salah tripping because Vic quote unquote, didn't say maybe two words to him is all he, he got. And so he thought, man, this dude does not know who I am. He must not be appreciating what my contributions are only to then at the end of the dinner, Vic says, looks at him. Hey, this was a lot of fun. We ought to do this again. And Vic, when asked about it, Zach, it's kind of funny. Cause you know, old man memories dim over, over the expanse of time. Couldn't remember going to dinner with Robert Sala, but either way, it's kind of cool that these two are, you know, going to go head to head on Sunday night. I also thought it was really funny about Urban Meyer. They had a, a pregame handshake where Urban said it was caught in NFL films. He said every team's like Alabama. It kind of lends credence to those who believe that Urban's heart isn't in it, and he might have made a giant mistake leaving the college ranks. It's a different set of fish in those waters when you go from college to the NFL. Thought that was really, really funny and really uh, telling there. But Robert Salah, I think he's on the right track in New York. I really liked him in San Francisco. I think the Jets made the right hire. I also like what he said about one Teddy Bridgewater. So complimentary, Robert Salah was. This is a defensive mind, too, guys. Keep in mind. And he said he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I like hearing that from opposing coaches. I like the Broncos quarterback finally getting some recognition and the Broncos being uh, their connotation with a quarterback, not their defense for one. So I thought that was uh, right. nice from Robert Salah. And I look forward to the matchup on Sunday. The way it's been the last five years, even with Drew, at his, in his following his best moments, we'll say, anytime the opposing coach has been asked about the Broncos quarterback, it's like they immediately go into coach speak mode trying to think of a positive thing that they can – you know, conjure so as not to provide any bulletin board material. And you could tell from Salah, his comment on Teddy, like it was the genuine article. Like that's what he, that's how he really thinks of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Max Power from across the pond, super chat, superstar checking in. Appreciate you, buddy. I've noticed fans saying it's only the Giants and Jags, but those same people praise Locke for beating up on bad defenses like Carolina, Vegas, Houston. You know, see, here's the thing. Tying it to Locke, dude, and Locke lovers versus Teddy. That's where, again, man, like you're you're holding on to this thing a little too a little too tenaciously. Let let me say this: there are people saying, "Hey, man, you know," and we've even said, "Pump the brakes a little bit." We wanted everyone to enjoy these wins because it's been so, <laughs> you know, it's been a little bit of a drought in the Mile High City. Hey, enjoy these wins. Don't get out over your skis like Dennis Green. Don't crown anybody yet. Um, I mean, if you want to crown their ass, crown them, but don't, we're telling you, hold off, pump the brakes a little bit, but Zach, your reply here for Max. 
I just have two quick things to point out here. And of course, Max is factually incorrect. We both praised the Giants defense for being quietly underrated. And it was impressive how the Broncos moved the ball almost at will against them. Second of all, the Carolina game, that Carolina defense, I think it was a few weeks before the Broncos game, they blanked Seattle and Russell Wilson. They also held the Vikings out of the end zone, I believe. So they they really were in a terrible defense. Context matters, facts matter, and especially when you're trying to push your own narrative. It's what you do, though, Max. Hey, Max, you still got a spot in my heart, though, dude. Much love. It's all good. Kenneth Booker, Mile High Huddle, former Super Chat superstar turned Mile High Huddle staff writer has a burning question here for us, Zach. Which player filling in for an injured guy has the best chance of keeping that job? Is it Patrick Sternan? Is, uh, Sternan? Ah. is it Justin? Is it Patrick Sertan or is it Justin Sternan? What? What? And there's other options here too. But what are your thoughts? I mean, come on. I mean, Kenny, I love you, but like Sertan's your, your number one draft pick. I mean, he is Chant Bailey 2.0. He is your highly touted rookie prospect. Sternad is what? He had a washout rookie year. He's, he was, you know, a late round prospect, a late round, you know, uh, investment for the Broncos. I don't think you can compare the two, Chad. I mean, I think Sternad can grow into maybe a quality starter, a la Josie Jewell, but Patrick Sertan has perennial all-pro upside. I mean, maybe even Hall of Fame upside. First preseason game, pick six, first regular season start, interception. I mean, how could you compare the two? It's apples and bowling balls. It's very auspicious, but I'll answer it. And I'll, I'll tell you that Zach's right, but here's what kind of colors that, Zach. They're paying Ronald Darby some serious cheddar, right? When he comes back, I mean, that's $10 million on the cap this year. You're going to be looking at chilling on the bench? I don't know. Something tells me, dude, because of that, unless Sertan continues to go on a romp and just becomes like, you know, Champ Bailey in the flesh 2.0 game after game until I, I don't know. Or maybe if they bring Darby or when Darby comes back, maybe if Kyle Fuller doesn't kind of start being a little more consistent, maybe he comes off the field for Darby. But I know the way teams work or think, I should say, and they don't like high dollars that are consuming the cap, warming the bench. But Sternod, I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to have that job the rest of the year barring injury himself because Jules done for the year. Um, and then behind Jerry Judy, I mean, it's a, it's the next man up. I mean, you could view Timmy P and, and KJ Hamler basically on the same plane, even if J Judy never got hurt they're at the end, in the final analysis, they probably end up still getting very similar touches and reps and snaps as, as if he hadn't have gotten hurt. But that is an interesting question to ponder, Zach. What's going to happen when Darby comes back relative to Patrick Sertan? Well, is it a foregone conclusion that Sternad will hold down the job when you have Baron Browning in the in the mix? Now you have Micah Kaiser in the mix, Chad, as Fernando points out here. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I like Sternad. I think he can grow into something uh, decent starting quality, but there's also other players the Broncos invested in, and you can look at a third-round investment of Baron Browning as maybe an indictment on Justin Sternad as a long-term piece there. Patrick Sertan, though, I mean, the talent level, the upside you're talking about is just uh, astronomical. And at least the Broncos are in decent salary cap shape where if they have a $10 million backup, they can afford to have a $10 million backup in Ronald Darby. Still hate that contract, but I yeah. think they're going to play the best players that are playing and in performing at that level. And right now, Sertan is just blowing the roofs off their collective expectations. By the way, quick shout out to... Michael Ronquillo. Hey, dude, don't don't fret on the stars. It's all good. We're just happy to have you in the chat. Dude, you got a pretty comfortable lead at the top of the chart right now, so we're just glad to have you here and contributing to the conversation. But Fernando wants to know, is Baron Browning still injured? If not, will we see him now that Chubb is out? So Browning's they're, – they're viewing him right now as an off-ball wow. guy, Zach. And the queen jumping in <laughs> from the top rope with a, with a uh, Mount Rushmore caliber super chat. We're going to be seeing Christy in just Love a couple you, days' time. We look forward to that. She says, almost tailgate time. I'm ready for the meet and greet and for some Broncos football. Can't wait, guys. Man, we love you, Christy. The feeling is definitely mutual. We can't wait to have you at the tailgate. Can't wait to, can't wait to meet you, Christy. We love you so much. Thank you so much for your generosity. Every single podcast is tremendous. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have our gear there. We're going to be making content. By the way, if anyone out there happens to be savvy with a drone, you know, the cameras in the drone and all that stuff, 
Holla at your boys. All right. Shoot us an email or DM us on social media because we had a guy, our guy set up to uh, do that. And some of you know him, former Super Chat superstar, Nimbus Productions, but he was fortunate enough to get into a film school that he was gunning for. And so he's out of state now. So he's not gonna be able to help out on that front. So if uh, you're handy dandy with, with a drone, let us know. But Christy, much love to you. Um, Bear Browning though, Zach, he is healthy and uh, he's on the inside linebacker depth chart. I mean, he's a guy that can do both, but right now the Broncos are having him specialize on, on the inside. I hope they don't <laughs> Demarcus Walker, Baron Browning, though. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. Just let him play one position, preferably inside linebacker, and let him be you know, a, a backup quality player in year one and progress as he would. They're going to try him, though, at outside linebacker, maybe a little less now because they have this Aaron Patrick guy in the fold and they have Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper. But wherever he can fit in, I think he's going to get in, and he has the natural talent from day one to make an impact on defense. We got Greg Smith repping the cause. In Vegas, he says, Broncos country, enjoy the meet and greet. I'll be there in spirit, but at the same time, here in a sports book in Las Vegas, drinking margaritas and cheering on our Broncos. Sounds Hashtag good. go Broncos. Maybe uh, one of these days we'll do one on the road uh, and and meet you in Vegas or something. Michaela, the, the Duchess jumping in and, man, just so consistent. Michaela, you got to let Michaela. me know if some of that swag, if it gets to you, or you know, between now and Sunday, if it gets to you, Holler at me and let me know because I'm like agonizing over that. She wants to know what time will the meet and greet start? Hashtag MHH. Love y'all. We love you too. So here's the deal. The way it works this this year, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what, but um, the stadium authority wants tailgates to basically be done an hour before kick. So this game kicks at 2.05 Mountain Time. That means we got to start tearing down and be out of there. And by this point, anyway, you want to start heading to the stadium, get, you know, find your seats and, you know, get in position to enjoy the kickoff. But uh, so we're, I would say probably 11 to one is the window that you could catch us there. And look, this isn't a, I mean, you, people are welcome to hang out with us as long as you want, but don't feel like when you come to see us, you're, you know, you, you need to hang out until it's time to go watch the, the game. We expect a lot of people to come pass through, say hi, <clears throat> shake our hands, hang out for a minute, chit chat, and then you know rotate on through. So what, how, whatever works for you is cool. But yep. I would say eleven to one, that two hour windows is when you're going to be guaranteed to see us. It's going to be lit. Word to uh, Andrew. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew uh, Baker, what's up, dude? Thank you very much for everything you do for us, brother, and for the. 490 stars on Facebook. You demand, is this run game going to pop against the Jets? The first two games, seems like they stacked the box. They may want to quit that, though, because Teddy made them pay. I think that this is there's a good chance it's going to pop, but yeah. it just depends on whether or not... I guess, you know, like I said, I, I sensed sincerity in what Robert Salah said about Teddy, but if it was indeed coach speak, and I have been deceived then the Jets will load up the box again and make Teddy beat him. But if he was speaking truth, and I think he was, I think you'll see them play the Broncos a little more straight up, respecting now what Teddy can do. And if they do it that way, Zach, I do predict this rushing attack to start finding some purchase. Look for Melvin Gordon in the thin air and Pookie Williams to have a day. You know, I, I got, want you guys to go back and last week watch the Patriots win over the Jets. The Patriot, I, I believe it was uh, uh, Damian Damian Harris, Patriots running back. I think it was him. He broke about six tackles in route to the end zone. It was one of the worst displays of tackling I have ever seen on any team in recent memory. This should be the game. Should be that Pokey Williams breaks out 100-plus yards, maybe one to two touchdowns. Who knows from there? Melvin Gordon sprinkled in to Mario Crockett. This could be a really easy day at the office for Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos pass catchers. If there's ever a game in the first half of the schedule, Chad, the first half of the season where they can pop off on the ground, it's against New York in the home opener with the fans at full throat at their backs. I think Pookie's in for a day Sunday. I mean, through two games, we'll go through this more here in a little bit, but, you know, for what it's worth, the Jets' defense is ranked 
top 10 in very almost all these categories, Zach. We'll look at it here in a second. But, but that's exactly why you can't diagnose rankings through two games. That's, that's part of the reason for it. It skews everything. What I was going to say on that, though, real quick is the one stat that they're not top 10 well there's there's four stats out of the key what is it you know 9 10 11 one of them is rushing but they're 12th so it's not like they're bottom third or you know amongst the worst we'll get more into that but hey shout out to big earn good to see you shout out to ronnie um from what i understand we are going to see ronnie on sunday as well stoked to see you um danny says i think denver's defense won't give up a touchdown this game but i can't say the same for special teams, <laughs> you know. It's a very sad but true point. Yes, indeed. Um, I don't know, man. I don't want to sleep too hard on on the kid. Um, Zach Wilson is, uh, up to this point, he's got 468 passing yards. I can pull up his stats, and obviously we know, Zach, he threw four picks yeah. last week, which is why the Jets are second to, to the worst in turnover differential up to this point, but – who knows, man? You know, this is a kid from the Rockies. He grew up in the Salt Lake City area, all right, just south of Salt Lake City. And so, you know, it's not quite as thin of air, but it's way up there in the sky. So him playing at altitude, maybe it'll feel something like a homecoming. Maybe he'll be a little bit more comfortable. I would bet that he's going to have a lot of family there. So who knows? We'll see what we what we get from him. Wilson went full Peterman last week, and you never want to go full Peterman, ever. And Ever. Against the Broncos secondary, Simmons, Patrick Sertan, and the rest, I mean, it could be a game where he falls behind 10, 14 points. Zach Wilson forced to throw the ball, running game non-existent. That's, that should lead to turnovers. Again, this is probably the last easy, quote-unquote, easy game the Broncos have, maybe all season. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's rocking a two to five touchdown to interception ratio for what it's worth. Colby, good to see you, bro. Appreciate the stars, my friend. Really, really do. Uh, Tommy, yeah, happy birthday to the misses. Happy birthday. Give her our best, and uh, hope it's a hope it's a good one for her. Take care of her. All right. Um, okay, Zach. Let's take a second here, and uh, actually, before I do this, let me let me find this one from Travis. Uh, Travis Tarbox, what up, buddy? Evening, Priest. So happy our Broncos are winning. It just sucks to see all the injuries so far. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And then, of course, we got Albert in the house. He and his wife, Michelle, making the trek. He says, we're about to pack our suitcases for the trip. Very exciting. Very exciting, Zach, knowing how many people are, you know, making sacrifices, uh, putting down dollars to travel to the Mile High yeah. City for <clears throat> the meet and greet. It's very humbling, and we just we really look forward to it. It's amazing. We see the comments here. Like uh, Colby says here, I, I hope to make the game. I just got tickets, but I live in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I mean, the fact that they're coming over all points of the country, all corners of the world, in fact, Chad, it's it's remarkable. Broncos country really blows me away. Cheyenne, hey, that's not too far from uh, the Mile High City. So cool, man. We look forward to seeing you, buddy. Real quick, Zach, let's take some time here and analyze this, all right, because we are at uh, 28 minutes. We're at about the halfway point. Let me blow this up as best as I can get Look it. Look at all that green. Love it. All right. Broncos and Jets head-to-head -head comparison. Uh, a reminder here that green, the statistics in green signify top 10 ranking statistics in red, bottom 10. And then if it's in the black, that means they're middle of the pack. All right. So let's start with the turnover margin. Your Denver Broncos. Believe this. As, as unbelievable, as, as inexplicable as it may seem. Zach, plus two in the turnover margin, which ranks them top five in the NFL right now. That's one of the reasons this team is 2-0. and They are taking the ball away more than they are giving it away. And in fact, one, one turnover up to this point, and it was an Albert O uh, fumble, Zach. And then look at that time of possession. No team better than Denver in holding on to the rock. And Zach, if that's a statistic that this team can cultivate, nurture, hang on to, sustain, that is a big part of the recipe for taking down one Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're taking the ball away, they're not giving the ball away, and they're holding on to the ball, and they're converting that time into touchdowns, not field goals. If you do that the entire season, I mean, this could really be a special team. That's not hyperbole, that's fact. All right, now let me, let's just take a quick look here. Hold on, I'm trying to resize this real quick so we 
everyone gets a good view. Uh, the Jets, meanwhile, as I mentioned, 31st in turnover margin and close just outside the bottom uh, in time of possession. Now, let's Oof. look head-to-head at the offense here. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. <laughs> your Denver Broncos, Zach? Top 10 in total yard in net yards per game, and the Jets, of course, bottom third. That is just crazy to see. I know we're only two games in, but to see a Denver Broncos offense ranked in the top 10 in net yards, uh, net rushing, I mean, for as much flack, Zach, as you know, the, the Broncos interior O-line has justifiably received over these first two weeks, having 130 and a half yards average per game on the ground is impressive. No picks, no fumbles lost, uh, only that one giveaway. But here's where it gets ugly for your Denver Broncos gang. They are, they've allowed five sacks on Teddy, and Teddy has also pulled many rabbits out of the hat to right. avoid what probably would have been at least double that. Third down, that has to get better, or else you will get decimated by t- true quality teams, Ravens, Chiefs, you name it. And then red zone percentage, all right, it's still very young. These numbers are going to start averaging out over the sample size, you know, stretching here, but also ranked 23rd. Those areas got to improve. You know, one thing about third down, though, it's it's not to bail them out for being that they have to improve on 23rd, Chad. But you have to figure they go for it now so often on fourth down that it's almost like third down matters a little bit less. They have to get better, but, you know, Fangio being, uh, you know, Riverboat Vic every game certainly helps having another opportunity. And if you go up for a second, what I'm impressed by is the Broncos at yards per play. I think it's 11th. Yeah. See, that's what I wanted from Pat Shermer. It was never about Teddy Bridgewater for me. It was about Pat Shermer being aggressive, opening up the entire field, getting the playmakers involved, and stretching teams north, not horizontally east and west. So I'm encouraged by that. I mean, they're averaging, I know it's early two weeks, but 400 yards a game. It's like, what team are we watching? Is Peyton Manning back there again? It's encouraging. It's signs that are going in the right direction. I'm not reading too much into two weeks against two, shall we say, subpar teams. Is that fair to say? But all that green there, Chad, I love it. No interceptions. I mean, uh, the rushing is top five. They're top ten in, in net yards per game. How could you hate on that? You improve third down, you improve red zone. It could actually be a high-caliber offense we're watching this season. By the way, shout-out to BG, a Mount Rushmore superstar, who is expressing his gratitude that football is back, and we feel you on that, my friend. Um, here, Real quick, Savage Boy Kev, and then we'll go through more of these numbers here on, on Twitch. Why do people call us pretenders by going 2-0 and after the last time we lost to those teams? Uh, that's true. The last head to head Broncos lost to Sam Darnold in, um, New York or well, New Jersey. And let's see the last game against the giants was that bitterly disappointing embarrassment on Sunday night football. When you had the Owen five or Owen six giants roll in, I believe that was the last meeting and decimate this team. But the answer to your question though, Savage boy, Kev is this is just the way it goes for a team that's coming off. Seven and nine. Well, let's go back. Five and eleven, six and ten, seven and nine, and five and eleven. It's uh, you know, that sample size really needs to start having some roots, you know, some depth to it before you're going to see anyone on the outside really saying much at all 
as far as con- jumping to any positive conclusions. And that's fine. Let them keep talking smack. Let, let them hate. keep sleeping on the Broncos. Zach, let them hate, as that's you a- said. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trip too much on it. And really, Zach, all the Broncos can do is handle the guys that are in front of them on right. a given week. And they have done that with gusto. They haven't just narrowly beat these teams. They've beaten both teams handily. And, Zach, the other thing that's really cool, and this is something you brought up that really stuck with me uh, early in this week, is as the Broncos are starting to suffer losses in the face of attrition here, right, their guys are getting hurt, that's going to bite them at some point, right? Because, look, Justin Sternod, he's not Josie Jewell, or else he'd have been starting. Go down the line. Maybe Sertan's the only guy that you can't really say that about in terms of who's going to be replacing a starter, but by winning these teams that or these games that they're supposed to win, Zach, whether anyone out there on the outside wants to give them credit or not, buys them a window of time, buys them a little breathing room, a little rope for when those chickens come home to roost. Maybe you fall to the Baltimore Ravens, but you know what? Because you don't have Judy or you don't have Jewel, whatever Chubb, however it shakes out. But now you're three and one if you beat the Jets this week, as an example. Yeah, you have to, like, you know, I think you, you nailed everything perfectly there. You have to only play the teams that are in front of you, and you never apologize for a win. Uh, you never downplay a win. A win is a win is a win. But I have two thoughts about why the Broncos are still being called pretenders through two weeks is, A, they did beat the Giants and Jets. If they would have came out there and, and beat up on Kansas City or beat up on Pittsburgh as Vegas did or beat up on another team that's that's a high caliber team they would have gotten a little more respect but that my other point is because there's so much Broncos bias out there and it's not made up it's not a a tinfoil theory there is a bias against the Broncos in the national media they could have beaten the Buccaneers and the Chiefs back to back and they would still be called pretenders by some in the legacy and national media that's just the way it goes So all the Broncos can do is control their own destiny, control their own fate, beat the teams in front of them. They go to 3-0. They're still going to be called pretenders because they only beat the Jets. They go 4-0 after beating Baltimore, who just upset Kansas City. Then you'll start to see some of those legacy media types, some in the national media that are calling them pretenders, suddenly change their tune. And all of a sudden, the Broncos are contenders. That's how it goes. Well said. Uh, Here we have a super chat. From a living descendant of William H. Bonney, Kane probably gets tired of me bringing up the fact that he is a descendant of Billy the Kid, but dude, I'm a child of the 80s, young guns, right? Freaking Emilio Estevez, uh, who else? Lou Diamond Phillips, I mean, Charlie Sheen, his brother was even in that. So to me, that's cool, man. I was like, Billy the Kid was dope. He says, just wanted to say uh, howdy to all of y'all, and I look forward to seeing you at the tailgate. All right, we're going to have Kane Dawson in the hizzy. We look forward to that, buddy. Thanks, Kane. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, Nathan, coming on strong lately. Appreciate you. How do the Broncos improve on first and second down for more manageable third and fourth downs? Well, I think, Zach, as the teams begin to play the Broncos a lot more honestly, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a miracle that this team is ranked where they are in rushing. And you know what? I, as much as I say, hey, for those that say, oh, you know, the Broncos would have had 30 yards rushing in week one, if not for Melvin Gordon's 70-yard touchdown run, right? That's true. But I would say, look, you got to give them credit. They did get it. So that's like woulda, shoulda, coulda. But at the same time, the reason they are where they're ranked in, on third down is because if you take out that 70-yard touchdown run, no longer is this a top 10 rushing team. It's not a top 15. It's not a top 20. It's a bottom third. So the the translation here, the takeaway, all right, is you got to – it needs to be more than three yards in a cloud of dust on first down. And if you do that, hey, man, your options are plentiful on both second and third downs. Like Pat Shermer said today, hey, you know, when he was pressed on what do you got to do to improve third down – One of the things he said, I can pull up the direct quote, but to paraphrase him, Zach, was something to the effect of, hey, what I care about is first downs. So if that first down comes on first down or second down, hey, fine. I don't care what down as long as we're moving the chains. 
Well, if he cares about first down so much, maybe he can stop calling a run play on every single first down, regardless of circumstance. That's one way to go about it. Change it up a little bit. And I mostly like what Pat Shermer is doing with Teddy. And the, the Tim Patrick touchdown, they scored because Pat Shermer schemed that play open. That was a great call on Pat Shermer's part. But throw the ball a little bit, a little more play action on first down, set up maybe uh, second and three, second and two, and preferably not even get into third down situations. I know it seems like we're playing Madden now, but if you move the ball consistently on first down, second and short, that's easy. Keep converting those, you eventually hit pay dirt. But throw the ball more on first down. Uh, Andrew, appreciate that sentiment, my friend. Really do. Here we have uh, Vincent Pawlowski jumping in. Really appreciate you, Vincent. And I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the show, but you have rocketed up the for the the contest on Super Chat this month. You know, for the being in the running to to win the Justin Simmons jersey, you have leapfrogged many many competitors. You're ranked currently 28, but up until this week, you were 97. You moved up 69 spots. Remember, the top nice. five, their names go into a hat to win the jersey. So just keep it coming, my friend. Appreciate you very much. He says, I wish someone would poach Bradley Chubb, a.k.a. Jawan James Jr. How long are we going to put up with this? I understand the frustration, Vincent, but, buddy, that's not quite fair. It really isn't. Like, Jawan James took the money and then literally provided the Broncos 62 snaps. That's it, right? Bradley Chubb has had some terrible luck with the health, uh, the injury bug and whatnot, but he's always tried to fight back. You know, he tried to go give it a go last week, despite the the ankle, which it's not the same ankle. This is a big misnomer. That ankle surgery, Zach, that he had in May, which was correcting what ultimately ended his Pro Bowl year last year, two games left early. Ankle. This bone spur thing that has been acting up on him, which cost him, uh, you know, now he's on IR again. It's actually the opposite ankle, which is probably. Right as frightening if, as anything to Vincent, right? Because, like, whoa, we get one ankle fixed and now it's the other one. But remember, Bradley Chubb, it sucks he hasn't been as available as you'd like a top-five pick to be. But when he's been on the field, is he Von Miller-level impact player? No. But he has been productive. As a rookie, he gave you 12 sacks. Jawan James gave you 62 snaps. <laughs> Last year, with no Vaughn and coming back off a torn ACL, Chubb gives you seven-and-a-half sacks in – you know, 14 starts, earns a Pro Bowl nod for the orange and blue. So, you know, give him a little bit more credit, but it is alarming and it is disappointing, Vincent. We do feel your pain on that, but give give him a little bit more due. For those who are clowning or Bradley Chubb or criticizing him for having dual ankle injuries, tell that to Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I mean, he sprained both ankles somehow, and that's infinitely worse considering the position he plays. I don't really understand why someone I, – I, I get it. I'm not surprised that – that some in Broncos country are willing to now cut the cord, give up on Bradley Chubb. He was the second coming of Von Miller a few years ago, and now he's Juwan James Jr. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. When James had a, a knee injury, he wouldn't go back in the game. They, they, he could have played again and chose not to. The reason Bradley Chubb had a re-aggravation is because he insisted on playing through his ankle in, in bad conditions a little too soon. He's the one that pushed the medical staff and the coaching staff to go. So I, I wouldn't call him Juwan James. I would call it really bad luck. I would not even say injury-prone, Chad. Injuries are a part of the game. Is Von Miller injury-prone because he had an ACL early in his career? I, I hate that label. I mean, that's what Broncos country was putting on Demarius Thomas. They were putting on uh, Philip Lindsay. It's a popular diss when you don't like a player anymore. It's like an old toy that a kid has that they put in the corner and don't want to talk about or, or interact with anymore. And they slap that label on. Injury-prone. Done. Gary, dude, it sucks that you won't be there, but uh, prayers up for you. He says, I got a heart problem, so I'm waiting for surgery. Hey, brother. Positive vibes, Sucks. prayers up. Yes. Uh, this too shall pass. I have no doubt you will uh, be no worse for the wear and a new and improved Gary once you get through that, my friend. But prayers up. Let us know if there's anything we can ever do on that front. Uh, holler at us, okay? Um, real quick here, Zach, and then we'll get back to some stats. We've got BG. Saying, again, thank you, Brian. Uh, hot take. Can we win a game without any player uh, landing on IR after the game? I know, right? I know, man. Two two weeks in, you lose two starters both times to injured reserve. It is alarming. Let's hope this is the week where that ship turns around a little bit. 
Let's hope this is the week where the Broncos can pull some starters in the second half of the fourth quarter and, and get some rest to Bridgewater, get them out of harm's way, get the running backs out of there. Just, I agree with the sentiment here. Get out of a game without a major injury, please. Uh, here is Robot of Doom on Twitch. How cool would it be if the Super Bowl was Carolina versus Denver? Not just a Super Bowl 50 rematch, but Teddy versus Sam Darnold, the guy, you know, one replaced. And then yes, you indeed. Up. And Zach, think about this. If the Denver Broncos reach 3-0 and if the Carolina Panthers reach 3-0, it will be interesting to see the contrast between the different headlines in those markets. <sighs> you know, I mean, well, if that happens, we'll we'll talk about it next week on the show. I, it's just like, love your robot, but like Super Bowl, we're talking about Teddy versus Sam Darnold. We're talking about Carolina in the Super Bowl. A little premature. Shane Daniels, appreciate the, the support, my friend. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, what do you think the Broncos most need to improve uh, in the Jets game? Special teams. <laughs> Please, no kick return touchdowns. No obvious catastrophic errors on special teams. That's the number one. Please, do your job, Tom McMahon. Better. I'll drill down a little bit beyond that for the sake of uh, being thorough, and I'll say third down and uh, being more – the rushing game, third down, and I think if you are productive, more productive in those areas as well, special teams is short up, and you're productive in those two areas on offense, the points, the red zone conversions are going to come. I, um, I want to add Jack. just real quick, interior offensive line play. I mean, mm -hmm. the push in the running game, the push in pass protection, that's one if you want to be specific that they can improve. Guys, if you go read the three-part series, Eric Trickle produced a film breakdown this week, milehuddle.com. Just click on the film button, and then you'll see all those articles. Th that trio is getting zero push. When that ball gets snapped and it's a running play, they're getting stood up. You don't want to see that, man. You want to see your interior guys especially be the aggressors and getting push off the snap and moving guys out of the way and creating holes. We're not seeing it, so I concur with that. Um, Zach, Michaela, appreciate you. She says, message for Gary, sorry to hear about your heart issues. Best of luck for your surgery, send us some love, some positive vibes to the legend himself, Gary Leeds Palmer. Broncos country is the best. Michaela, thank you. I'm sure Gary appreciates that. And Albert, Chad, real quick, uh, he's spot on here. That's the number one thing Fangio said was concerning through two weeks were the penalty problems. Didn't they have 10 in last week's game? Um, I'm not positive on that. I can it's, check. It's, if you it's want an me egregious to. amount, though, and that's what that's. Uh, you're true, though, regardless, uh, Albert. That's the number one thing I think Fangio wants to look for is a cleaner, more efficient operation. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, real quick, we got to do a uh, an update on where things stand on Stars tonight. It has been a uh, little bit more quiet. I think Broncos fans are just excited and geared up for the meet and greet. They're geared up and excited for the game itself. Can this team get to 3-0? But shout out to Shane Daniels. Shout out to Gary, Andrew Baker, Colby, Travis Tarbox, and Michael Ronquillo. Much love to each and every one of you. I think we have addressed a comment or question from, from each one of you so far in tonight's chat. But we'll do one more update on Facebook before we dip on out of here. Um, there was one here on the hall of fame that I got to get to real quick. Who, who was that from? Here we go. Uh, from John Havelchick on YouTube. I don't think much of the hall of fame selection committee when Randy Gratishar has not been selected. And let me add to that. Neither was Tom Nalen. It sickens me how much those two guys are ignored by these HOF selection committees. Gratishar, it's seriously like an egregious crime against football humanity that he's not enshrined in the Hall of Fame. But most fans, you know, who are, I mean, that was a long time ago for a lot of fans. They, they weren't old enough or even alive to watch and witness Randy Gratishar. I mean, I barely caught the tail end and I wasn't, I mean, I didn't start paying attention. My first football memory was the uh, Broncos Washington Super Bowl. So that was in what was it, January, or February of 88. So I was like seven or eight years old or whatever. Gratishar was one of the best, one of the best to ever suit up. And the only reason he's not in the Hall of Fame, I guess, because he had a short career. But guess what? Luke Keekley's going to land in the Hall of Fame. Trust, I guarantee you that dude ends up in the Hall of Fame. And it's going to be in a lot shorter uh, wait time than Gratishar. And then Tom Nalen, dude. 
we've had Tom um, Thomas Hall on the show before to walk through everybody to, so you can understand the other um, peer centers from his era, from Tom Nalen's era that are in the hall of fame. Uh, Dermotti Dawson, Kevin Mawai. I'm trying to think of this, but let's just say Dawson as an example, can't hold a candle to Tom Nalen's individual track record and the success he contributed to team wise. So end of sermon, but did very disappointed right alongside you, John. Well, there's another reason why Nalen's not in, Gratishar's not in, Chad. They played for the Broncos. There's an obvious Broncos bias. I'm sorry. It's not just us saying that. I think that's documented. And I kind of pick nits a little bit with Luke Keekley in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, great player while he was active, but did he win a title? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he contributed to enough. Well, it's pretty, I guess it's it's like if the shoe fits, you know, you got to be careful because we could pull up the stats here. What did Keekley play? He was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Because wasn't it last year or the first year he met, he was his first year of retirement, if I'm not mistaken? So that's eight seasons. Gratishar was something dang close to that, dude. And they're uh, – I'm going to pull it up. I'm just now saying, like, we put Keekley in the Hall of Fame. Let's put Patrick Willis in the Hall of Fame. Let's put Navarro Bowman in the Hall of Fame. I, I just – I always thought that you have to attain a little bit of success on the team that you play Dude, with. Gratishar played 10 years in the league. If a decade in the league on top of just phenomenal individual accolades, he was, he didn't get a ring, but he was linchpin to the orange crush defense of that 78 Super Bowl squad that lost to the Cowboys. And you got to remember too, people go, Oh, but they pull him up on pro football reference and they don't see like uh, prolific tackle numbers guys. It was before they started tracking that. Uh, as diligently as they do now. Thomas Hall can lay this out for you. If you actually tracked every single tackle that cat made in over 10 years, he'd be well north of 1,200 tackles, averaging well over 100. Plus, he has all the all pros. Let's see. Uh, he is a first selected to the Pro Bowl. Remember, 10 seasons, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, 70% of his seasons, he was in the Pro Bowl. And then first team all pro, uh, two times. So we're right there with you, bro. We could we could turn this into a referendum on Hall of Fame all night long, but Bron- Broncos sh- bias right there. He'll get in. Shanahan's going to get in. They had the Broncos had to put him in the Ring of Fame before he, he could be considered for Hall of Fame. This is that's something that uh, it might not be an official requirement that they talk about, <laughs> but uh, Jason Cole told us that. So now that he's in the Ring of Fame, I think you'll start seeing more traction for Mike Shanahan getting in the Hall. Yeah, the Hall of Shame. We got VJ. We got Josh McDaniels, Chad. Most deaf. Top two contenders there. Uh, Dave from Georgia. What's good, buddy? Appreciate you, bro. He says, man, I wish I could be there with y'all Sunday. I'll be with you in spirit. I'm looking forward to seeing Pookie drag defenders into the end zone. Hashtag state of being. We are going to miss you, bro, but there's always going to be next time. This isn't going to be a one-off. We will do this. Uh, We'll make it a tradition. Uh, minimum of one time per season we'll do this, and we're going to look to do it more and more, not just one time per season as as time uh, marches on. Yeah, we know you'll be there uh, in spirit, like you said, Dave, and uh, you're going to help the Broncos will them to a victory. And I think, Pookie, I'm right there with you. If you Anyone out there, if you have Pookie on your fantasy team, get him into your lineups this week. I think it's the time where he goes off 100-plus yards and a touchdown. And, yes, by the way, Carl Mecklenburg, another – egregious Hall of Fame snub. He's, uh, you know, Gratishar gets a lot more hype in terms of the indignant, you know, rage Broncos fans have for being snubbed. Mecklenburg's argument is damn near as bulletproof, to be honest with you. Only the difference is Mecklenburg started all seven positions in the front seven. Mecklenburg also started on three different Super Bowl teams. No, they didn't win the Super Bowl. You know, they didn't emerge victorious, but he has a legit argument five first time five guys first team all pros uh for luke keekley by the way so that's to gratishar's two so then people are going to say well hey but you know he got two uh he got five first team all pros which one value do you value more back then there was no fan vote on the pro bowl in gratishar's time so the only people voting in the pro bowl unless i missed my mark were the players and coaches 
I believe. I could be wrong on that now. I, now something's buzzing in the back of my head. But I know fans were not polled. There was no method to which fans could really contribute to that. That was before the internet. The NFL's not getting on the phone and calling Bronco, uh, you know, NFL fans across the fruited plain. But I digress. Let's grab BG here. Some of our best rosters in Broncos history have had bad special teams play. Uh, Super Bowl 33 is an example. That's the Falcon Super Bowl. But as long as our defense and offense keeps playing this good, I'll be okay with below average special teams play. Zach? I, I don't accept mediocrity. I don't, you know, I, it's just like they're so they're so bad compared to even Pat Shermer, to even Vic Fangio. You know, I, it, when you're that bad in comparison, when it's the number one detriment on your team and you're costing your team points, you can lose a game based on that, Chad. I mean, if the ball breaks a certain way, a touchdown can swing a game. So I wouldn't expect below average or, or, or want that. I want them to be as good as they can be and until they change out their coaching there. It's not going to happen. Zach, we are at 54 minutes, so let's finish up these statistical yep. comparisons and what insights can be gleaned and then share some of our keys to victory. And then, of course, we'll be seeing a lot of you on Sunday, and we can talk more about the keys to victory, but not everyone. In fact, most people aren't going to be able to be there, so let's do this first. Uh, real quick, the Jets' offense, not scaring anybody, right? Look at all that red, meaning bottom 10. They haven't lost a fumble, so, <laughs> Zach, they got that going for them. But <laughs> Let's look at these defense head-to-heads. Now, that's Robert Salah's calling card, right? He is also a defensive-minded coach. He was the brainchild behind that uh, Kyle Shanahan Super Bowl defense that couldn't quite get over the hump. Uh, But nevertheless, the Broncos are ranked third in net yards per game, fifth in yards per play, uh, fifth in points per game. They're only relinquishing 13. Small sample size. That number is going to change as time marches on. Uh, Net rushing, fourth. Net passing. I mean, what are they not top 10? Sacks, they only have three. Vaughn's got them all. And third down. Now, third down, that's a number I could see uh, getting better as uh, the sample size improves, especially if Malik Reed can start carrying some water and Draymond Jones can show up and, and start converting some of that potential. And I mean, Draymond makes high-impact plays, Zach, but Unfortunately, not a lot of them come in those critical moments, right, where you need it to be like a third down or something like that. But that's And then red zone, they're tied for fourth, all right? They're only allowing a touchdown on 33% of teams' trips inside the 20. Meanwhile, the Jets, lots of green, but they haven't picked off a pass yet, and they have only one fumble recovery. So that's really hurting them. But look at that on third third down in the red zone, Zach. That's striking. Yeah, again, sample size matters here. They only have one takeaway, and the Broncos in the red zone, um, or at least on third down, the 19th, that's the number that jumps out to you. Shelby Harris, for one, has to get better. You know, he has to be a little more dominant, Chad. He got paid that contract. I advocated for him, as did you, but he's really not producing. He needs to come up clutch on third down. If he does, that number would shoot up into the top 10, I think. But the Jets, like you said, that's Salah's calling card there. So I'm not surprised we see some green. Uh, they're they're pretty stiff in the in third down in the red zone. And the Broncos, that's where they struggle, third down in the red zone. So it's going to be maybe not an explosion on offense, but the Broncos should be able to move the ball and capitalize. Yeah, maybe Shelby needs to uh, put down the uh, Blue Yeti podcast microphone <laughs> and focus more on uh, justifying that $11 million per year, right? Leave it to us, Shelby. Save the podcast. Hey, we'll we'll handle it in season for you, Shelby, and save the podcast content for for the off season. But uh, in, for those who aren't live with us seeing this, the Jets are ranked third in third down percentage and second in red zone. Don't, don't scroll down. No, <laughs> I know. Here we go. Well, don't we might look. be surprised. Let's look. I'm not surprised. Thirty <laughs> first so, and thirty second. Nope. So they they got two first rankings. Field goal percentage. Brandon McManus is tied for first because he hasn't missed one. Uh, punt return average against two yards. So that's good, Zach. On punt returns, pardon me, with the plosive there, uh, on punt returns, they're only allowing two yards per return, small sample size. But in kick return against, look at that, dead last, 46 and a half yards on kick. So they're doing something right, Zach, on punt returns. Kick returns, though. What the Sam Hill? <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have a yard. They don't. It, 
They don't have a yard on kick returns? What is that about? Yeah, they, we have not. The Denver Broncos have not yet advanced a kick. <laughs> they haven't matriculated the ball on a kick return yet. Wow. And 32nd on kick return average against. So blow up the kick return unit on both sides. It's pretty terrible. Meanwhile, the Jets are top 10 in one, two, three, four categories and bottom with one of the most crucial bottom 10 in field goal percentage. Their kicker is only hitting 66, 60, just try of 67%. And then last thing here, Zach, Oof. penalties committed, Denver bottom third or bottom 10, pardon, and uh, the Jets, let's see, pe- opponents penalties committed. So 12, and that's tied for 23rd. Penalties committed themselves is tied for 12th. So there, there you have it. See, that's not, that has to change. I mean, we talk about stats being a little overblown right now, but th- that doesn't matter the quality of opponents' penalties. That has to change now. They can't be bottom, you know, half of the NFL in penalties. They can't average nine a game like they had against Jacksonville. They have to be more efficient. They have to clean up their operation. All right, that being said, as we're about out of time here, Keys to victory, Zach, it doesn't need to be three, doesn't need to be five, but what has to happen for the Denver Broncos to beat the Jets on Sunday? I'm going to quote Belichick here. Do your job. That's all they have to do. You play Broncos football like you played against Jacksonville, like you played against the Giants, you will win this game. Special teams shouldn't matter in this game, Chad. It shouldn't even come down to that nowhere close. The Broncos on paper and in reality are a much better team than the Jets. The Jets aren't the worst team of all time, but the Broncos, even shorthanded, are just so much better from a talent standpoint and I think a coaching standpoint. Yes, including Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon. So just do your jobs. Teddy, be steady, Teddy. Take your shots down the field when you can. Make plays happen in the pocket. Lean on your running game. Let the defense be the defense. And they should have no problem, Chad. I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but just copy the template you had against Jacksonville over to the Jets, and you'll win going away. Here's what I'll say. Keys to victory, first and foremost, this has to be the game where it's not just Vaughn getting after the quarterback. It can't only be Vaughn producing pressures, sacks, all that. All right? So if you – I mean, you proved – or uh, Zach Wilson proved it. This is something that uh, you hear often from Vic Fangio. I've heard Scott Kennedy say similar things, but it's true. Not all interceptions are equal. But in the case of Zach Wilson's four picks last week, Zach, bad. This is a guy that can be exploited under pressure, is my Mm -hmm. point. If you get after this dude, make him feel the heat, smack him around a little bit, he's going to snap. He's going to break. You're going to see an opportunistic Pat Sertan, an opportunistic Kyle uh, Fuller from Bryce Callahan's about due for a pick, Justin Simmons about due for a pick. If you pressure this dude, you've got the corners. You've got the coverage to run with and chase anybody. You just got to get the consistent pass rush. Offensively, get that run game going. Get that run game going, and it's going to solve some of the other problems that trickle downhill, like third down percentage, red zone percentage, all that stuff. So I'm not going to go any deeper than that, all right? But it's as simple as get that running game going. I know it comes off as cliche. Hey, yeah, we get it. You know, key to victory, establish the run. But whether the Jets decide to sell out and stack the box like the Giants and the Jags did or not, in the thin air, a team traveling from the East Coast, right, sea level, no humidity, thin air, mile high. This is where you should be able to really start finding some purchase on the ground. And then, then Zach, that's just going to open up a world of possibilities yeah. for this offense. Yeah, I mean, the running game, this should be the game again. I've been saying it all podcast tonight, all week, really. This is the game Javante Williams takes over. Maybe not the backfield with Melvin Gordon, but this is the the break, the coming out party for Javante against this Jets defense. I think he can wear them down 100-plus yards on the ground, maybe a touchdown. I, I don't have the Broncos winning this game like in a super big blowout fashion, Chad, but they should be able to take care of business pretty handily. You mentioned getting after Zach Wilson. Losing Mekhi Becton killed him. I mean, that Jets front line is so bad in front of Zach Wilson. The only uh, beacon of hope was Becton, and he's constantly under duress now. They wanted to average two picks a game, the Broncos secondary. This is the game where they can start getting on that trend. 
They should have no problem pressuring, no problem turning over Zach Wilson offense, no problem moving the ball down the field and hopefully converting that into points. All right, guys. Um, that's going to do it for tonight's Huddle Up podcast in the Mile High Mailbag. Much love to each and every one of you for being with us live and shout out into the future to those of you listening as an on-demand podcast. We love each and every one of you. It's about, depending on the week, Zach, it's between eighteen to 20,000 Broncos fans listening to this every day after the fact when it gets uploaded to Apple Pods or Spotify or whatever. We appreciate each and every one of you. Before we do dip on out of here, though, we got to say thank you to our sponsor of tonight's live stream pod, and that's BetQL. It's the only app that you're going to need to beat your sports book. Find BetQL's information in the description of this video on YouTube, along with the code MHH to get 25% off at checkout. And don't forget that special BetMGM offer in the description to receive a free year of BetQL and other sportsbook signup offers and bonuses. And with that, Zach, if you'll start going through the rundown, I'll pull up yes, how we I finished will. on stars. Absolutely. And thank you for the super sticker. This was the Huddle Up Pod. In the meantime, until we see you guys next time, which will be the gut reaction live from Empower Field, Chad, or where thereabouts in Denver, uh, we'll see you guys on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Also, follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter. Where's our banners at? We haven't had those for a few days now. Are they gone? They're not in there? It's not under our, our names. Anyway, you can follow Chad on Twitter at, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleoutpod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a nice football pre-shirt. Very comfortable, very nice, and uh, and, and fits really nicely. Also, get yourself a trucker hat, dad hat, coffee cup, hoodie. Anything and anything you can dream up is in that store. More on the way. Also, facebook.com slash Mile I Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter today for our VIP content. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. We appreciate your patronage there. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile I Huddle Pod. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of this very swag each and every month. But if you haven't done any of those things, do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every single video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. So many of these five stars, man. It's we just we love you guys. Thank you. Here's one from minus uh, that the, pesky four star right there. <laughs> the, the, the water champ 760. What's up? Appreciate you, buddy, and all of you. So uh here's how we finished on the stars ranking for tonight, and then we'll see how this shakes out in the analysis tomorrow for Dove Valley Deep Divers. Don't miss those guys. 6 p.m. Mountain, uh 8 p.m. Eastern, as per usual. Uh, here's how we finished today. All right. Shane Daniels at the top, Gary Leeds Palmer, Andrew Baker, Colby C. Collier, Travis Tarbox, and Michael Ronquillo, who had to dip out a little early. So shout out to each and every one of you guys. Much love. We do appreciate you more than we can say. And we'll also have an update for you tomorrow night on where the YouTube Super Chat rankings are because we're getting close. We're, we're in the home stretch of the month of September. So we're going to have some winners and announcements to make here before long. So as Zach said, We'll see you guys on Sunday for the meet and greet. We'll be keep keep uh, if you have any questions about the meet and greet. We've tried to answer them live as much, best we could leading up to this thing, but just stay in tune with our social media because uh, day of, morning of, we'll be blasting out a lot of information to be as specific as possible on where to find us. So as Zach said, as long as you're following everything, they should be on social media relative to MHH. You're not going to miss anything. So with that. As, as Zach said, sign us off, bro. Chad, have a great weekend. First of all, uh, hey, can't wait to see you live for the game. It's gonna be have, a, it's gonna be a gas. It's gonna be amazing. Can't wait to meet each and every one of you coming to the game. It's gonna be so much fun. But take care, guys. Until we see you there at the game on Sunday. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com to keep the conversation going.